The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Welcome in to the Mark and London podcast. Oh, Gator. Lord, you sound weird. I'll explain. Uh, and there's not much I can do with it. Uh, at least we're on the air. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, today we have for you, not that, comments with Skeeter on this day in history. What year is it? I have oh, Lord. five. How will she do? Skeeter's got the Chinese New Year tidbits. Mm-hmm. It's the time of year for scams. I have two of them for you. Uh, it's time of the year to plan your vacation. I have the worst vacation destinations. Ones to be avoided. What is it? You have so many chords in here, and you just almost fucked up everything. Yeah, again, I'll explain. Uh, we got a cool stories in music. Are bad bathroom habits a deal breaker? Raging Bull. Is Rod Stewart a cross-dressing cheapskate? You what? decide. And what are the most influential products of the last decade? Okay, baby, I am going to tell you that you're very loud. Am I? Yeah. Okay, let me turn that down. Um, So the other day, the cleaning crew came. Oh, no. Don't blame it on the cleaning crew, because believe me, they ain't cleaning in here. Um, And so for whatever reason, the microphone that I normally use would not engage. I couldn't turn it on. And I tried to do various things, and nothing worked. So what I basically did is I took station three, and I ran a microphone cord from over there over to mine so that I could run the controls and still have a microphone. It sounds different because the processing is different. I don't know. Uh, but I put in a call to my engineer. Hopefully, we'll get this fixed. I think it's just a just a minor glitch. But that's why it sounds weird. So, yeah, we're uh, doing the show on a wing and a prayer. So we have really shitty weather. You, Most of you know the East Coast storm that's come through. Uh, temperatures in certain places are in the teens, uh, in uh, up in the upper, upper part of the East Coast. Eight, five, cold. And today, shitty, cold, foggy, and rainy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Friday. Yeah. It seems to always rain on Fridays here. So we got that going on. Um, much to talk about, much to do. So... First and foremost, uh, well, business. Um, another, I mentioned, I think I mentioned last week, Crystal Burger has gone belly up. Those of you on, in the South, Southeast, then you're, you're sad. I don't think there's that many of them around anyway. Do we have a Crystal here? Not in North Carolina. The last time we saw a Crystal was in Alabama. Okay. Um, you know, in the world of burgers, uh, not great. Uh, the Crystal Burger, uh, mostly bread. Um, so it, I' a little surprised they lasted this long. Because in the world, if you want to go fast food, Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, all better. Uh, but now, like on on a day when I want a hamburger, I get a local 
I don't get a fast food. I get a local burger. Or if it's a special occasion, I go to Five Guys. Still great. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Crystal's gone. And now, are you familiar with a store called Papyrus? Papyrus? I am. Oh, the paper company. Yeah, stationery. Yes. They're, yes. they're bankrupt and leaving. Oh, they have great products. Well, apparently not great enough uh, these days. I guess they made their money on um, cards. Yep. Uh, Christmas cards and yep. whatever. Uh, people are now sending uh, right emails, virtual emails right. or, or whatever. So they're gone, uh, and that's another mall staple that's gone. So malls are completely dying, um, and then another brick and mortar store gone by the wayside. What was the other one that went bankrupt? There was another one this week. I won't sit here and try to think of it, but um, it's tough these days for business people. Uh, to kind of make ends meet if they are in a store because uh, people are shopping online because uh, it's easier. And, but women, uh, here's a major difference, and I've always been this way, and I just kind of thought it was me, but primarily it seems like it's men. Men don't really like shopping, <laughs> getting in the car, driving to the store, getting out, going in. Women like to touch it. I do, and try it on. And see it. And here's a major difference. I know I've told this, so shut up. Um, So bought the house. I wanted a wave runner, uh, and I wanted the best, and I researched it for months. I spent forever researching it. Finally, I settled on the one I wanted. I called the local uh, marina, and I said, do you have one? Yeah, got one in the crate. What color is it? Silver. That's the one I wanted. I said, can you deliver it? And he goes, of course. What's your address? And I paid for it. And Linda said, don't you even want to go sit on it? I said, no. I know exactly what it is. I researched it. It's the one. I got a good price. And they'll deliver it. Done. And it has been perfect. Until I ran into a boat. No. You say that, but the boat hit you. Yeah, it did. I should have seen it, though. I wasn't drunk or anything. Fuck, it was 9 o'clock in the morning. Was was I drunk? No, you weren't. That was a scary morning. For all of us. Great 4th of July. So, um, so last night it was, uh, it happened, it happens to everybody. Ours was uh, predicted. Um, the power went off here. Oh my God. And y'all know how I feel about the power going off. When the power goes off, I feel like it's Armageddon. Well, it's not. Uh, but it did. We were told uh, an email was sent out and the power is going to be taken off for two to three hours for work underground. Sorry for the inconvenience. It's got to be done. Now, for us, um, we are people that like to have white noise in the bedroom. We have two sizable fans that are both going on high and a ceiling fan. And that's the way we like it. And so when we travel, which is quite frequently, Um, It's hard for us to be in a quiet room like a hotel where you can hear whatever the sounds are because it's distracting. Um, So I got this app, and it's called Calm, and it's a high-end. Yeah, you had to pay for that. It's 70 bucks a year. A year? Yeah. Oh, a year? Yeah. Once you pay that 70 bucks, that should be it, I feel like. It isn't. And so... (laughs) When I first got it, I thought, well, I'll just use it because I got it because I was in a hotel somewhere. Could have been for an acting job and I needed sound. And the thing about this particular app is it has everything. It has 
the usual babbling brook, hard rain, you name it, the thunderstorm, whatever. Isn't, they have it. Isn't this also the one that has like Matthew McConaughey reading yes. and stuff? They have a section of stories. These are big celebrities that are reading you stories. Some people like that to go, you know, like when you're a kid, your mom or dad reads you a story. Um, same thing. Uh, that wouldn't be for me. I've not mm. even tapped into that. I wonder what kind of story he's telling. Not the ones you're thinking about. <laughs> um, and then there's isolated sounds like, uh, well, for us, uh, oscillating fan, every kind of level, low, medium, high, super high, whatever you want. Uh, and so I, I used it the one time and it was great. It filled up the room. We couldn't hear outside sounds. It was great. And so I thought, well, I may, I'll, I'll hang on to it for a little bit. And so I've used it probably a hundred times now. Yeah. So last night, knowing the power was going to go out, instead of turning on the fans, we didn't. Because we've been asleep in the bedroom when the power goes out unannounced. And it is, the silence is so loud for yeah, us. Yeah, it's very startling. It immediately wakes us up. So thinking ahead, we opened up my Calm app. We put on the oscillating fan. Uh, we didn't turn on our usual fans. And then when the power did go off at one or two, whatever time it was, we didn't know it. Right. I woke up at some point. I looked up at the ceiling fan. It had stopped. So I knew the power was down. But my phone just kept plugging away. And then the power came back on. And we knew because of the ceiling fan. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so d depending on how it is that you sleep or whatever you like for us, we like white noise. We don't like to hear Rusty next door banging on the mailbox at two in the morning or whatever he does. Cause he does do that. He does not. Okay. Um, just a quick isolated for some reason, this is when the kids were here for Christmas. We were talking, uh, Matthew and I were talking. And as I've said, it's not, um, an interesting conversation. Um, we don't talk a lot. I do. He doesn't. Uh, I'll say. Oh, there's a surprise. Yeah. You're talking a lot? I'll say five minutes of things and Matt won't even respond. But for some reason, somehow, the conversation went, oh, we were talking about politics. We were talking about uh, the election coming up and all that. And I said, you know what? It would be great if you, Matthew, were the president. Because me, at my age, living in the White House, I would run amok. I would be all over the place. And Matthew interrupted. And I said, imagine the Secretary of State's going to come to you. Mr. President, your father is. And Matthew interrupted. He goes, my father can do anything he wants. And that just cracked me up. And then I said, so Matthew, would I be allowed to masturbate in the Lincoln bedroom? And he looks at me and he goes, have some respect. And, and I said, well, wait. You think Lincoln wasn't jerking off in his own bedroom? Oh he was. Oh, my God. The, the conversation took a turn. It did. But uh, I think Matthew, soon to be the president of the United yeah, States. Right. Okay. So we've dealt with everything. I will get this microphone back working again because it's, it's tinny. See, uh, those of you that don't know, and why would you? You shouldn't know. But when you have high-end studio microphones, which these are, um, you have to add processing to it. And it depends on, for example, I'll take you back to Mark and Brian days. Uh, I had a mic, Brian had a mic, and we had processing. Uh, it's called an equalizer. 
and we would do hours of testing with the engineers. And I would have to sit at the mic and go one, two, three. And they would turn down the bass, turn up the treble, do all these different things. So the equalizing can personalize the microphone to uh, the person. Um, my equalization is gone because my mic isn't work. This one has no equalization. This is what this microphone sounds like with nothing on it. Well, Eleni said you sound good. Good. Well, it's still a great mic. It's a professional mic. There's just no equalization. So it sounds weird to me. It sounds weird to me too, but. Eleni sounds weird to me. <laughs> she's an unusual, well, she's Greek. So I have to look the other way. You know those Greeks. <laughs> you know those Greeks. They're not to be trusted. They're, 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 they're just not. All right, what do you say we fire shit up? All right. Look, Bullwinkle, a message in a bottle. Fan mail from some flounder? No, this is what I really call a message. All right, let's get into some comments here, Skeeter, for you. All righty, Steve K says, Mark, how could you forget Linda had seen Cher before? Don't you remember that's the night she got that audio clip of you snoring after coming home from the concert? <laughs> Steve, I'm not going to... I'm not going to lie. When he forgot that about Cher, I'm like, mm, maybe I should call the doctor. Well, you know, everybody remembers what they remember. And yeah, clearly uh, I did remember, but forgot for the moment. She uh, came down. I was the next morning I was in here working on the studio of uh, the, the show and she came down. She had only had four hours of sleep, but she had video on her phone of the show. Of Cher and, and of Cindy Lauper. That was an amazing show. So she was playing the clip, and as the music was playing, Linda had just gotten up, and her hair was sticking straight up, <laughs> and she was bopping her head to the music, and that hair was flopping back and forth. <laughs> That's what I remember. Sandy White says, good morning. If you haven't already seen Echo in the Canyon, you need to catch it on Netflix. We had such great music in the 60s. I'll have to look that one up. I haven't seen that one. There's so many shows. Yeah. Fuck. Rich Allen says, Mark, I was hoping you have some insight on why Elvis's movie Loving You is not for sale. I can't seem to find it anywhere, and they never play it on TV anymore. And then Greg replied, wow, it's $200 for a new copy on Amazon. Okay. Um, Mark, so Mark's getting stringing his cords all over the well, place. Well, I mean, Linda read this to me, and I went and looked, and it's there. Uh, loving You is clearly there. And there's always going to be people on Amazon or whatever site you shop on that are going to try to gouge you. So there's copies that are 200 100 There's also copies for $6. You just have to look. Yeah, but so, they've been used. Well, I mean, you want the movie or not. Um, but they're there. There's no, like he was building up, there's a controversy with the movie and they're not selling it and, and, and whatever. There is no controversy. Loving You with Elvis is there. Uh, and and I, I looked up a clip on YouTube of Elvis singing Loving You in the movie and it's a movie version. It's pretty good. It's got a full orchestra behind him. Cool. So yeah, dude, the movie's there. Just keep look. Go to Amazon. Amazon.com. Google just Loving You and then buy it's there. It's oh. not two hundred dollars. Well, it is. Well, somebody's trying to pay, to pay for free. Right. All right. David Peeler says, "Gary Puckett, fuck, are you farting dust, RG?" Well, <laughs> yes. Mine was Led Zeppelin at the Fab Forum in '75. I was twelve. Wow. Well, you're a lot younger than me. Mm -hmm. 
I never saw Led Zeppelin. I would have liked to. I enjoy that band. I love their music. Uh, just, uh, you know, they weren't together uh, when I was uh, of the age. Mm-hmm. Richard says, my first concert was 1964 Hollywood Bowl Beatles. My second wow. concert was 1966 Beatles Dodger Stadium. Wow. Seven and nine years old. Wow. What a great mom. You yeah, know, definitely what a great mom. Yeah, you know, when you live in L.A., when you grow up in L.A., the the shows that you have at your disposal are crazy. We obviously, living in Muscle Shows, we didn't have that. We had the recording studios, and that was great. But as far as live shows, now, Gary Puckett in the Union Gap was everything at the time. But man, the Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl, how incredible would that be? Yeah. I'm jealous. Don Shelley says, My first concert was Elvis when I was 10 in 1976. My parents took me there for my 10th birthday. Still one of my favorite concerts I have seen. And yes, that was the Fat Elvis days. Yeah, 76. He was, well, he was a year from dying. So, so yeah, that was the, but she loved it. Doesn't matter. There it is. Um, Angel says, my first concert was James Brown. I was nine or 10. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure that was something to see. You bet it was. Probably, uh, you know, I don't know about the later years, but early, early on, 64, 65, I've seen footage. Uh, there's a movie called The Tammy Show. It was a live rock and roll show. And the movie is, is of that show. You talk about an unbelievable live performance. You know, the whole thing when it's time for James to go and his his guys would put the cape around his back and try to help him off and he'd throw the cape off and come back. I love that shit. It's a part of the act. I don't care. Do it. Ken says, Mark, I just booked a trip for Graceland. I am super excited to go. Yeah. I am like a Graceland virgin and would like you to walk me through it to have the best time. And I'm just going to tell you, Ken, do everything they have. Yeah, it's, you know, I've said this. It's the number two tourist attraction in the United States under the White House. Um, It's a full day. And so look at it this way. There's Graceland and there's all the other stuff. And the one thing that separates those two is Elvis Presley Boulevard. So... Clearly, you're going to want to go on the tour of the house. Uh, Get the VIP tour because you get to see everything. Uh, Back in the day, it used to be live tour guides. Now it's the headphone thing. And when you walk up to an exhibit that you want to hear more about, you punch in the number and it plays for you exactly what you're looking at. So it's great. And you see it all. Uh, Then across the street from Graceland, is and, and, and by the way, Uh, If you're a fan, be ready for it to be emotional, because it will be. You're in the home that he lived. And you'll take from it whatever you take, but it's pretty amazing. Well, like I've always said, everyone needs to go to Graceland one time. Maybe not four like I have, but you need to go once. And then across the street... And this is what you get with the VIP tour. You get tickets for all the other stuff, like all of Elvis's cars, cars that were used in his movies, all of his motorcycles, all of his jumpsuits, all this stuff, movies, all this stuff. Airplane. Both of his airplanes, the Lisa Marie and the Hound Dog 2, they're there. Um, so, So, yeah, man, it's a full day. Get there first thing in the morning. Stay as long as you like. Uh, the tour is... 
Well, the tour is as long as you choose for it to be. The only thing you will not see ever is Elvis's bedroom and bathroom where he died. They'll never show that. But the rest, you're, dude, you're in his living room. You're in his dining room. You're in the TV room where I got arrested. Uh, jungle room. Jungle is that, room. Is that the TV room? No. Oh, so, no. excuse me. TV room is downstairs. You see his pool room. Uh, but oh, it, yeah, that's right. It's that's right. It, it's great. It's absolutely full day. Prepare for good time. And uh, if you're staying in downtown Memphis, it's a 45 to an hour drive out because Graceland was really outside Memphis. So it's a drive. Get ready for that. Gilbert from SoCal says, and Gilbert did not use any punctuation whatsoever. Way to go, Wilbert. Gilbert. Wil Wilbert. <laughs> OMG, Mark, I believe what you said about the police or CHP waiting to write tickets at the end of the year. I got a ticket for making a California stop on the 31st of December at 7 a.m., and I did come to a complete stop, just not long enough, I guess, for him. Nobody else was around. Oh, they're still sitting out there uh, on our road. Uh, the police can say what they want to say, but there is something about the end of the year or the beginning of the year and the writing of tickets. Uh, we see it. You're not hiding from us. John Jr. says, no wonder you were crying. Jimmy Johnson got into, as you stated, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We had a lot of comments about that. Wow. And I, I didn't, we were, we talked about football hall. In fact, Cheryl says, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, football hall of fame. You confused us all, baby. Well, I obviously didn't hear myself say it, uh, but you knew what I meant. So fuck off. <laughs> football hall of fame, NFL hall of fame. Um, Karen from Oxnard says, Linda, I can't believe you haven't seen the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. You absolutely must stop what you're doing now and watch it. It's such a remarkable and amazing movie. Plus, you get Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. It might be a dude film. It's mm. possible that it's a dude film. I'm not sure. Well, also, Fred says, Linda, take the time to watch Shawshank Redemption. Great, great movie. You owe me because I decided to try one of those Hallmark Channel's crappy movies. And you take that word right out of your mouth. <laughs> you watch, and I got so hooked. Yes, you can hear my pussy flapping. Yeah, it's um, it's a uh, it's you know look. It, here's the thing. Here's the 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 magic of it. It's Christmas season, and all these movies are obviously Christmas themed, and you get hung up on it. And they're beautiful, and yeah, they're just fun to watch. Oh yeah, everybody's pretty, and it's that they even have drinking games that are kind of fun. Like, one of my favorites is if one of the characters' name is Holly. Well, there's always a Holly or a Nick. Funny. You know, something like that in there. And so then, when they say that, you drink. Yes. And then our last and most important comment, people. Mm. Sherry from Orange County says, Hey, Linda. Got an important heads up for you. It's National Chocolate Cake Day on Monday, January 27th. Ooh. Hope you'll take a moment to honor this incredible, important day, and you can bet your ass. However, it's hard to find good chocolate cake. Well, I guess that depends on what you're looking like for. If you, oh, I know, I'll go get, we'll go get a bunt cake. Those are always fresh. Mm. But if you go to a restaurant and you order chocolate cake, and they bring you out a cold slice of chocolate cake that sucks uh most restaurants most have their desserts shipped in they don't make them and they kind of taste that way yeah uh so like linda just said nothing bunt cakes are incredible 
fresh made that day. Uh, there's a cupcake place around here. We drove by it the other day. They're closing. Um, they were on uh, Cupcake Wars, too. And you said... Because we'd been there a couple of times. I guess we went and bought a bunch, yeah. and every time we did it and brought them home, they were stale. Well, the cake part was stale. The icing part was fresh because they put them on there right before you leave. You know, and a lot of people just like the icing. I don't like the icing. I like the cake part. Look, the bottom line, you go back to nothing bunt cakes. The cake is so moist and fresh. Y'all yeah, got me that chocolate one for my birthday. It was delicious. So if you're going to be from Cupcake Wars and have a business, make sure everything is fresh and good. That's why you're closing down because yeah. your cupcakes are garbage. Stale. All right. So and that's comments. All right, then I stop that. I go over here and I do this. History. 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 That happened and we all let it happen. It was 30 years ago this week that the original founding members of The Birds reunited to perform at a Roy Orbison tribute concert. Birds, well known for many songs, one of those being Eight Miles High. Here, Birds frontman Roger McGuinn talks about the origins of the song. Eight Miles High was a song that we wrote after coming back from an ill-fated tour to England. It was our first trip to England and we were real excited about going over there and we met the Beatles and everything. But I got the flu, and we weren't performing very well, and the press was very caustic and tourist ribbons. And we were young kids, and we didn't know how to take it and roll with it. So we got upset about it, and we came back and rode 8 Miles High as kind of a protest about Tour to England. That's what it was all about. Hey, Birds, thanks. Uh, <laughs> it was also this week, Paul Stanley, frontman of KISS, turned 68. Super nice guy. Happy birthday, Paul. Um, here he talks about his feelings on, because we had uh, Gene and Paul many times on the Mark and Brian program, and you could tell they weren't necessarily fans of Beth, the song Beth, the only ballad they did. And um, which is a shame because it's one of their biggest hits. Anyway, Paul Stanley talks about that. I kind of felt that Beth was a real special song and that a lot of people know the song and never realized it was us. It's one of those interesting songs where if you meet people who really don't like Kiss music, they say, well, what have you done that I would know? And I go, Beth. And they go, what's Beth? And then you sing. They go, that was you. Oh, great song. It, it is written by their drummer. Peter Chris, and he sings it. Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come. 
this day back in 1989 serial killer ted bundy is executed so now i don't know if uh, any of you are fans of documentaries i am frankly i don't seek them out i don't see a lot but when i do i enjoy them and this um the ted bundy tapes is incredible it's four episodes roughly an hour each and I'll let it speak for itself, but you're going to hear his words as to what was going on. You talk about a psychotic. It's just probably one of our most accessible serial killers because he recorded it. He he spoke about it. In this documentary, you have a chance to hear it. And by the way, don't throw away the TV movie they made with, um, who's Amy's guy? Uh, the Zach. Ac- Zach Efron. Uh, He played Ted Bundy. Did a great job. Absolutely great job. Also, it was... This day back in 1972, Paul Simon releases his first solo debut album. It produces the hits Me and Julio and Mother and Child Reunion. So even though this honor is tonight, we're going to go ahead and take it back. Tonight, Aerosmith will be honored as Music Air's person. I'm sorry, Stephen. No, it says Aerosmith. Will be honored as Music Air's person of the year in Los Angeles. And so we go back to the song Ragdoll. Guaranteed none of you know the story of Ragdoll. Here, Stephen Tyler talks about it. Flesh bongos. Flesh bongos are the buttocks of young female strippers in Vancouver. I was watching them, and these girls were so sexy. I mean, they were serious. I thought to myself, we need something else on this album that'll be like the clincher, something I can carry on and tell my kids that I once did. So what the hell, right? I asked the two, I said, you want to be on the album? We'll give you credit. Well, I don't know if they thought they were going to sing or whatever, but they came in, and they was buns up and kneeling. I was wheeling and a-dealing. If you listen real hard to Ragdoll, you'll hear the flesh bongos. See 
maybe it's me, but I didn't hear any butt Okay, playing. I was about to say, I didn't hear it either. I kept waiting on it. Maybe, maybe I, we didn't get to it yet? Possible. Uh, yesterday, lead singer for Cheap Trick, Robin Zander, turned 67 years of age. And apparently the song Surrender, which I love, uh, they couldn't get arrested with it. Here, Robin Zander talks about that particular tune. We thought that after two albums, radio should be playing more of our music. We were really kind of pissed off about it. And Surrender was one of our favorite songs that we had had around since our first album that nobody at the record company thought was deserving to be on either one of our first two records. It was a joke. And finally, we just kind of put our foot down and said, look, this song is going to be on the record. And it was. And it was a radio hit for two summers. And it still is played to this day. It holds up after all this time. get a kick out of hearing certain bands that opened for other bands in their beginning. Mm-hmm. It was on this day 1964, the Detours, who would soon become the Who, opened for the Hollies at a ballroom in London. How this funny. day, 1964. I was nine. And it was also on this day in 1922, a guy named Christian Nelson he lived in Onawa, Iowa, and he starts thinking, I really like ice cream, and I like cake. What if I were to take two cake cookies and put vanilla ice cream in between them? Mm. So we got up, and he did it. He loved it, so we got a patent. It was on this day in 1922, the Eskimo Pie. Mm came about uh this week stephen perry celebrates his 71st birthday mm. the song loving touching squeezing and the inspiration for it here stephen tyler talks about it love and touch and squeezing is a true story that's the only thing i can tell you and that is a true story and then people shall remain nameless to protect the innocent here <laughs> Squeeze. 
right. We have five. So wait, you were talking about bands opening for other bands. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when, you probably don't remember this, but we either went to see Jessica Simpson or Britney Spears and Destiny's Child opened for them. Was I there? Yes. I don't remember that. Yeah. It wasn't Jessica Simpson. I've never seen her. I have seen Britney. So it was Britney Spears. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, I saw Britney and boy, it was clear to me, and and I think it's still the same, uh, Britney uh, was not singing and there were a thousand dancers on stage so that you wouldn't look at her. You wouldn't notice her. And Linda tells me the same thing with Taylor Swift, though I've never seen her. They just don't really put uh-uh, much uh-uh, into uh-uh. it. That, no, not anymore. That was her first tour when she was still a kid. No, Taylor Swift puts it out there now. Okay. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen her several times, and she has gotten much better in concert. All right, here we go. Five, remember that year. Oh, fuck. Song. Fuck, 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 fuck. Song from said year. Movie. Close encounters of the third kind. Actual contact. I saw something last night that I can't explain. Ripped from the headlines. And Marquette has won the national championship. Oh, well, that definitely puts you right over. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So, I. I saw this in the car the other day when I was going to the grocery store mm. as I was going to turn the channel because I don't like that song. And the year was 77. 1977. You say that as though you know it. Yeah, well, I saw it. I see. It is 1970. Seven. Thank you. Woo. I do have to say, when I'm in my car now, I am looking at those dates in the 70s and the 80s like Do- you would not believe. Doing some studying. Yes. Song said year. I'm dancing. Oh. All of my friends used to come and call. Why not come dancing? It's only natural. Um, could you tell me who that is? The Kinks. Oh, okay. Movie. He found the right code word to play the game. We're in. But it was the wrong computer. Shall we play a game? War. War games. And headlines. President Reagan delivers his State of the Union message tonight amid a continuing tide of double-digit unemployment, rising tide of budget deficit, and ebb tide of popularity in public opinion polls. Okay. So before you played that last clip, I wasn't sure what decade it was, 70s or 80s, so now I know it's the 80s, and I know it's the early 80s, and I'm just going to take a guess at this. Hmm, 1984. It is 1983. Damn! All of my friends used to come and call. Okay, one for two, three left. Song. 
Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, fuck you, Mark. Fuck you. Movie. Now there's a new way to spell action. Jim Carrey is Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Headlines. Evidence now emerging is tightening the focus on Tanya Harding, suggesting her role in the attack on Nancy Kerrigan may have been the pivotal one. Um, those of you, I had a block. Uh, so glad I watched it. Margot Robbie is great as Tanya Harding. The movie about that, so good. So, so, so good. And you'll get an insight to the thing. And some say it um, rejuvenated her life her career people saw her in a different way you'll see uh so if you missed it and you're interested check it out well she was on uh celebrity worst cooks of, of america oh uh, mm. 1987 it is 19 94. <laughs> All right, two more song. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Okay, wait, is that the outfield? It is. Okay. Movie. Judging by the pollution content of the atmosphere, I believe we have arrived at the latter half of the 20th century. San Francisco. Our own world is waiting for us to save it. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Headlines. Radio transmissions from space shuttle salvage crews off the coast of Florida indicate the remains of the last of the seven Challenger astronauts may now have been located and recovered. Nineteen eighty-two. It is nineteen eighty. Oh. Six. I just wanna use your love tonight. I don't wanna lose your love tonight. All right, you're one for four. <laughs> hey, I got one. Yeah, you did. One more shot song. Hoping to make your summer camp experience the best available. Bill Murray. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. Meatballs. And headlines. Nelson Rockefeller died late last night after suffering a heart attack at his Rockefeller Center office. The former vice president and governor of New York was 70. He was working on a book about his modern art collection when he collapsed at his desk. Bummer. I don't know what decade. Uh, 1979. It is 1970. Ooh. Nine. Ah, yes! Um, so congratulations, two out of five. Thank you. Uh, we have to go back. You were talking about movies. 
and last week the movie that you still haven't finished that you don't get parasite one for best picture was it the sag awards sag awards yeah and when uh, they announced the winner i had to laugh out loud. every time they say the movie parasite i laugh out loud because i i think of mark who has, still has not gone into the theater and watched the ending of that movie and I will, because apparently there's some big reveal at the end that I need to see, and I will. Bradley is yelling at me through text. I mean, how much more do you have left? Probably 30 minutes. Just I, do I, it. Yeah, I need to. Um, you got to, because I feel like it's going to be best picture. I, oh, no, it won't. No, it won the SAG Award. I don't know, because when they were talking about the movie, when all the characters came out, the audience stood up and applauded them. Well, I'm going to finish it. And I chuckled then, too. And I'm by no means making a statement like it's bad. I just was, I was kind of whatever. And, but, but so that I, so that, you know, there are many movies that I enjoy, but I don't finish them because I know where they're going and I don't need to, like Dark Waters, Mark Ruffalo. I'm probably not going to finish it. I loved it. It's great. I don't need to see the ending. I know where it's going. Move on to something because I've, I've still got stacks of these fucking movies i was looking on fandango uh out of 10 screens at our local theater uh eight of them i have a dv, I know, a DVD that's awesome. of, yeah so i gotta i gotta do it but you don't have that uh boss popcorn they have uh no but i can make popcorn here it, i'm good it won't taste the same um i wanted to i was moved by this of course this week was martin luther king jr's uh day on monday and uh, this news item i didn't know it um the u.s navy announced this there was a uh a navy man his name was dory miller an african-american in the 40s and that was when he was in the navy in the 40s the navy was segregated and african-american people men could not fight they had to do uh submenial jobs cooking cleaning no fighting so Dory Miller was in the Navy as a cook. He would cook and then clean up after the, the men ate. Pearl Harbor happened, the attack from the Japanese in Pearl Harbor, 1941. Uh, the gunman who was on the deck of the ship that Dory Miller was on got hit. Nobody was manning that weapon, one of those giant guns on the deck of this aircraft carrier or whatever the ship was. Dory Miller untrained, went up there, grabbed a hold of that weapon, and saved hundreds of lives wow. by bringing airplanes down. Didn't know how to use it. African-American, not supposed to be there. The Navy has announced that they're going to name a ship <gasps> after Dory Miller. And based on that, this gentleman, Dory Miller, won the coveted Navy Cross, the Purple Heart, Combat Action, Good Conduct Medal, American Defense Service Medal, American Campaign Medal, Asiatic Pacific Campaign Medal, and World War II Victory Medal. <laughs> Celebrated by the Navy. Wow, good for him. Yeah, I do enjoy that. Okay, question. When living together, are someone's bathroom habits a deal breaker? 
Well, I have to say, I just chuckled right before the show because I went into the bathroom where you had peed and didn't flush, and there was no toilet paper in there. And I laughed because I had seen what was on the schedule for today's show. Are someone's bathroom habits a deal a, a deal breaker? And the, the top was up, but it's your bathroom, so I, I can't say anything about the top being up. The lid being up, I should say. Um, but, you know, flush the toilet, man. Um, so I'll read this and we can discuss a little further. A new survey found that one in five people have in fact broken up with someone because of their annoying bathroom habits. Whether it's not replacing the toilet paper, leaving hair in the sink, whatever the case may be. Here are a list of the items that people cited as annoying I'm telling you right now, having two sinks, I feel like will save a marriage. Leaving an empty toilet roll and not replacing it. (laughs) Never cleaning the toilet after making a mess in it. Never cleaning the hair out of the drain. Leaving a terrible smell behind in the bathroom. I'll stop here. Shit stinks. What are you going to do? You turn on the fan. You there's do the best some, you can do. There's also some spray you oh, can Oh, Jesus spray. Christ. Leaving wet towels or clothes on the floor. Leaving the floor soaking wet. Always leaving the toilet seat up. Leaving hairs in the sink after shaving. Hanging the toilet paper roll the wrong way. Says fucking who? What, your way is right? I mean, the only way is over. It is not the only way now luckily for you i happen to go over the top but don't start with this the right way fuck you your way's right again i like the top (laughs) why am i talking over here um trying to talk to you when you're on the toilet Mm. hogging the bathroom spraying toothpaste all over the mirror leaving the top of the toothpaste tube covered in toothpaste. Um, Yeah, you know, apparently the bathroom is a very personal thing. And uh, Linda said it, having two sinks, two areas is key. Uh, But in most cases, there are two communal areas. Bathroom, bed. And you got to respect those areas because your mate comes in there too yeah so i can see where these would be a problem i don't know about deal breaker unless it's just horrendous and you've mentioned it and there's no change then i can see it deal breaker well the only thing that used to make me crazy when um, we had one sink was when you would trim your um, mustache or your goatee and you would leave little hairs around the sink that would drive me absolutely nuts now you have your own sink and i don't even have to look at it so perfect two sinks that's what you need but as he's gotten older people he started to use oh i'm about to out you my makeup magnifying mirror i have to and he likes to leave his little hairs on that now i will be getting my own mirror (laughs) i don't know where i'm gonna put it but i'm getting one that's it. Uh, and then lastly, do you and your partner disagree on how to load the dishwasher? Yes, we do. And that's why I am the only one that's allowed to load it. Allowed. Okay, let's explain. I don't want 
to load the dishwasher. I know. You have a way, fine. Right. I don't need to be a part of it. Nope. So I cook. And I don't have a problem with cleaning up. I rinse dishes. She puts them in the dishwasher, and I don't care. Yeah. Good for me. That works. Yeah. See how we solve that? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I did want to... I need some mute. Let me just do... Uh, itty, uh, no, let me go over here. Let me find some. Hang on. Drives me nuts that I don't do this. I need to start uh, finding music for this. Whispering. I don't know. I'm trying to find music and kill time while I'm looking. Uh, let's find something light. That's not it. I'm sorry. I should have done this. All right, hackers. I've got two. I'm going to share these. Now, this particular email I've gotten probably, and I'm not kidding, 30 times over the last year. Many of you have gotten the same. I'm going to read it. I got this yesterday, and I decided I'm going to just read this. Uh, It opens. Hello. I am a hacker who has access to your operating system. I also have full access to your account. I've been watching you for a few months now. That's creepy. The fact is that you were infected with malware through an adult site that you visited. If you are not familiar with this, I will explain. (laughs) Trojan Virus gives me full access and control over a computer at other devices. This means that I can see everything on your screen turn on the camera and microphone, but you don't know that I'm there. I also have access to all of your contacts and all of your correspondence. I made a video showing you satisfying yourself in the left half of the screen, and in the right half, you can see the video that you watched. With one click of the mouse, I can send this video to all your emails and contacts on social networks. I can also post access to all your email correspondence and messengers that you use. If you would like to prevent this, transfer the amount of $500 to my Bitcoin address. (laughs) After receiving payment, I will delete the video and you will never hear from me again. Right. I give you 50 hours to pay. Filing a complaint somewhere does not make sense because this email cannot be tracked like my Bitcoin address. I do not make mistakes. Ooh. If I find that you have shared this message with someone else, Ooh. the video will be immediately distributed. Now, I didn't have a problem when I first got this a year ago because obviously I've looked at porn on this computer for the show. Never personal. Oh, sure. Always for the show. But I have never sat here in this chair looking at this computer and jerked off (laughs) when everybody that lives on this lake can see me. So I didn't worry about this. Now, I, I do have to tell you though, on you know, on my computer, on my laptop, I have a piece of tape over where the camera goes. Many people do that, N- not for that reason, but just because they say that people might be watching you. Well, I mean, it's possible. So uh, I, I have a. In fact, one time Amy called me on, and I I was on my laptop, and she called me on Facetime, and I'm like, she goes, 
I can't see you. And I'm like, why? I can see you. And then we figured it out. It was the fucking tape. Um, there are many people that do that. And normally I would call you out on your insane, crazy things that you sometimes will do. Mm-mm. Covering up your camera is not crazy. No. People can access. I got a camera right here. But like I say, I'm not doing anything. Why don't you just put a piece of tape on it? Because I don't care. I'm oh. not doing anything that I don't. I, I need to worry about. Well, I don't do anything I need to worry about either. It's just creepy. Nah, doesn't bother me. Uh, one more. I got this message yesterday. I've gotten this probably 20 times. Many of you have. I just always enjoy them. I'll play it first, and then we will uh, discuss. Here we go. This was a voicemail left on my cell phone. The drug enforcement agency and the police station. I want you or your attorney to give us a call back on 408-516-5. I repeat, the callback number to the headquarters of the Social Security Administration Department is 408-516-5. Do not disregard this message and call back immediately as this is a very serious matter. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay, so... I've gotten that too. Apparently... You need to call us right away. Yeah, because they want you to call and give them your social security number. Because once they have that, you're fucked. Yeah, you got to know that for some reason the scams are ridiculous these days. It's just amped up. Phone, computer, social media, any kind of way. The blanket thing for those of you to remember: whenever you're on the phone with anybody and you're convinced that you're on the phone with the right person and they start asking you for personal private information like your account number your social security number that's a big one and especially if they called you yes credit card number your legitimate businesses are never going to call you they're more than likely not going to email you it'll be a letter Uh, But you have to be very, very careful about opening your mouth because once you give them your private personal information, when they called you, it's at that time you are fucked. They have your contact information. They have your private information. And they could get in there and do. These hackers are very, very smart. So I'm a dumbass. And so just warning you, I wanted to take option with that and make sure you understood exactly where it is that things are living. People are out there to take advantage of you. Don't let them. All right, we'll blow through this. Uh, it's not particularly interesting. <laughs> Sell it, honey. Sell it. Well, I mean, I, I it is interesting, but we've done it before. Not about this particular guy. Today, Cool Stories and Music, we take a quick look at Rod Temperton. This gentleman is an English songwriter, record producer, and musician. He initially made his mark as the keyboardist and the songwriter of the 1970s band Heat Wave. The following songs he wrote for Heat Wave. Oh, I love Heat Wave. He wrote them. (laughs) 
songs written by Rod Temperton, all of them for Heatwave Top 10. Not only were we listening, so was producer Quincy Jones. So Quincy approaches Rod, and he wants him to write and produce for him. So Rod, Mr. Temperton, leaves Heatwave and goes basically out on his own to work with Quincy Jones. One of the first things he did for Quincy was he wrote this song for the Brothers Johnson. So Quincy comes to him and said, okay, look, I just got a phone call from a buddy of mine. Uh, I'd like for you to write something for him. Do you have anything in mind? George Benson. Whenever time 
So Quincy goes to Rod Temperton, and he now knows that he wasn't wrong listening to this writer, producer for Heatwave. Now, two hits for friends of his. And Quincy said, okay, look, um, I have a very, very dear friend that has decided to leave his band, and he wants to make a solo album. I think you're right uh, for this. I would like you to write something for him. Would you take a shot at it? And he did. he goes to Rod and he goes okay that went great it sounds great we've decided to call the album off the wall we need one more do you have any other ideas of how to flesh out this one last single songs for Michael Jackson both were top 10 hits that one number one the album was titled after the song that he wrote that's not bad so Quincy said okay let's keep going I got another buddy something crazy see what you got
He then, Rod Temperton, wrote this song for a dear friend of Quincy Jones, Patty Austin. Remember, he wrote that ballad for Heatway. Thinking back in time when love was only in my mind, I realize Ain't no second chance, you got to hold on to romance, don't let it slide There's a special kind of magic in the air When you find another heart that needs to share So Quincy is now desperate. He goes to Rod and he goes, listen, Off the Wall was ridiculous for Michael. It was crazy. It was top tens all over the place, several number ones. And now I have the task of the follow-up. And it's got to be great because, I mean, that one was great. This one needs to be greater. If you've got your notebook, is there anything? Because I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble finding material. Do you have an idea for something so different? Because that's what this needs to be. If you do have an idea, write it. yet to deliver the song to Quincy he showed up in the recording studio with the song in his notebook thriller and he was ready Uh, Quincy had mentioned they were having trouble coming up with a title Michael didn't like anything that anybody had come up with as a title for the album Quincy said any thoughts and Rod took out his notepad and wrote down one word and handed it to Quincy that word was thriller thriller 
Okay, so now you know who Rod Temperton is, uh, but I'm willing to bet you didn't know this. Yes, he wrote Thriller. But I, when I would hear this part, I would always think Michael wrote that. That's so Michael. Rod Temperton, this little guy from New York who wrote all these things, sat down in his Beverly Hills Hotel room, and he wrote these words. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. It's just funny to know the guy that wrote Baby Come to Me wrote Rotting Inside a Corpse's Shell. So that is the guy that's behind some of the biggest hits Michael Jackson ever had. And Heat Wave, and Patty Austin, and the Brothers Johnson, and Michael McDonald, and Quincy Jones. And I don't think anybody enjoyed that more than Linda. I want to come over there and slap you. Because you, you you didn't sell it. You're like, oh, you know, this is just... That was great. Oh, my God. I want to make a playlist now of all of that. Linda danced through that entire thing. It was really hard for me not to sing and stuff. Well, I, I mean, that was awesome. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. I wish I had the name of the person one of uh, our listeners uh, suggested that I look into him. Okay, so listen, um, Eleni texted me that Matthew is trying to call. Uh, the studio? Yeah. All right, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Tell her to hang on. <sighs> yeah, we don't know if the phones work, especially after electricity was over. I'm All right, Eleni, tell him to call. I'm ready for it. I wonder what he's calling about. This is weird that Matt's trying to call. You must be in trouble. I hope the phone works. I never know with this fucking studio. We never know with you. Hey, God damn it. <laughs> All right. Eleni, tell Matt to call. Or I'm going to call him. Which I guess that would be the easier way to go. He's calling, Eleni said. Well, it's not showing up. <laughs> no, believe me, that's no surprise to any of us. Wait, let me look at something. Because the power did go out. Mark's going in the closet. Ah! That's why. Okay, now he's in the closet. Ooh, his cord's going to pop out. There goes the headphones. <laughs> Mark in the phones. <laughs> It's the hold music, she said. Babe, why don't, why don't we just call Matt? I'm just going to call him. We're Jesus just going to call him, Eleni. Wait, no, 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 hang no, on. No, no, wait. Where's the headphones? <laughs> They're on the ground where you threw them. All right. Hello? Hey, Matt? Hello? Okay. Hello, Matthew Sun. God, Jesus, that was hard. Um, you guys don't get a lot of calls, huh? No, no, no. I, I, no, we get a ton. I just stopped opening up the phone system because I don't ever take them. Uh, so I oh. had to, and then the power went off last night. It doesn't matter. What are you calling for? Uh, 
Well, I was calling in regards to all the masturbating talk. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now, I'll go back. I said... We know what you said. You don't have to repeat it. All right. Mine and Matthew's conversation went to Matthew becoming the president. I was going to live in the White House to run amok. Oh, no. I, I, was, I was asleep during that. Oh, okay. No, this was the, um, the guy who called uh, the, the scam. Oh, right. He said he was going to... Uh, yeah. You have automatic curtains in that in your studio, right? I do. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. I remembered that when you were talking about how you had never jacked off in there, and I thought about you finding <laughs> like a porn that you like, and then, ooh, yeah, and then just pushing that button to lower those curtains. Yeah, but, I mean, I could. Have a wank. I, I could, but still, I'm in front of my computer. It just... Uh, well, no, I, but no, no, no you, you shouldn't do it in front of your computer. I just, I like the idea, because also, then mom knows what you're doing. <laughs> you know, you, you, you generally still try and keep it a secret, but, you know, if you've got those curtains down, it's obvious. Yeah, the door's shut, the curtains are down. I think that's pretty much billboarding. And it. I can hear the curtains go down when I'm upstairs. Yeah, uh, I, sh- I have a, I have a follow-up question. Yes. When you first built the studio... You had to keep the curtains shut, correct? Yes. Why? Because Danny, because I first, obviously the first time I built this studio was when I was still doing Mark and Brian, and Danny told me that this room sounded roomy. So I spent just under a million dollars having these curtains. Look at this. It wasn't a million. Look at this. They're remote control. Listen to this. This is me pushing the button to lower the curtains. Okay, so he tells me I needed that. And so that's what I did. I spent all that money on all these curtains. And then, and then you eventually just decided, screw it. Yeah, because it doesn't sound, it sounds fine. No, I yeah, know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yours still sounds the best. It doesn't sound roomy at all. How's Bill Burr's podcast doing? I think it's doing very he, uh, you know, sometimes he goes off on tangents that I don't want to listen to, like talking about baseball for half an hour. Well, Bill Burr is probably, because Matthew told me, he said, I listened to this podcast called the Monday Morning Podcast, Bill Burr, and he does it completely by himself, and he's brilliant. So I watched one night on YouTube a 15, 20-minute piece of his stand-up. This guy is brilliant. He says things I wouldn't even think, and he says them. So it's, yeah, it's, he's. I mean, he's he's playing Madison Square Garden these days. Wow. So you know, I've always said there's nothing better than a great stand-up, and there's nothing worse than a bad one. He is the best working today, Bill Burr, and the name of his podcast is the Is it the Monday Morning Podcast, Matt? That's it. Okay. So very, very, very funny. One of the best, and this guy. According to Matt, because I've not listened to the podcast, but this guy just plugs his mic in and then just talks, and it's brilliance. Bill Burr, Monday Morning Podcast. Check it out. And don't forget to lower your curtains if you're going to masturbate. Matthew, I really so I so appreciate the call. It's a good idea. And because, cover the camera, yeah, old man. Yeah, everything. All that, no question, will do. Very, very kind of you to call and to share that information. It would have never dawned on me, but now that you've said it, 
I will absolutely do that. Very kind of you to figure out how the phone works. <laughs> it took a while. Oh. All right, Matt, go and have a great day. We'll talk to you later, babe. Thank you. Likewise. Okay. See ya. Bye. Uh, okay, where was I? I got rid of that. Was I done with? Yeah, I was done. Okay, but I, I want to go over my um, Chinese New Year tidbits. <gasps> oh, yes. Because I learned things when I was doing the research. Perfect. Now, when is the Chinese New Year? Is it this week? It's tomorrow, January 25th. Okay. Uh, okay, so tomorrow, January 25th, begins the year of the rat. Rat. Rats symbolize vitality and intelligence. So when you go, ooh, the rat, but, you know, rats are very fertile and they're very smart. Well, you can't. So, I mean. You can't, with the Chinese New Year and these things, uh, you can't kind of think of a rat. It means a lot different stuff in the Chinese New Year. Right. Um, the, the Chinese New Year is also known as the Spring Festival. It is associated with several traditional foods. And this is what, because I, I, you see all these, but you're like, I, I don't know what any of this means. Uh -huh. Fish symbolize abundance and the promise of having plenty of food in the coming year. Great. Oranges symbolize good luck. Huh. And spring rolls symbolize wealth and are typically eaten to help welcome the spring season. So if any of y'all watched uh, Amy's Instagram of when she went to the Bellagio a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. you know how they always have up there Chinese New Year mm -hmm. uh, decorations right. and floral uh, mm -hmm. design that's just... And I was watching it and there I saw I, there I saw it. There was the fish. There were the oranges. There was... Uh, I'll continue. There are other traditions that I didn't know. Loud noises from firecrackers and dramatic lion dances are meant to scare away the evil spirits. Because you see these, you see them in Mardi Gras, you see them oh, sure. at the Bellagio. They sure. have them you know, made up into flowers. Mm -hmm. um, houses are thoroughly cleaned before Chinese New Year, mm. but no cleaning takes place on the day itself to avoid accidentally sweeping away good luck. A lot of pressure. So tomorrow, we don't have to clean. Okay, great. So if you're going to do it, do it today. Great. Um, also, another symbol for good luck is the color red. Red is a celebration color. In the Chinese New Year, it is a good time to show appreciation so you can give money in red envelopes to people in need. Red. You red. Didn't know that. I, well, I, I, knew this, I knew about red. I knew to wear red on the Chinese New Year, but I didn't know why. I didn't know it was for good luck. And I don't have anything red. I'm going to have to go find something. I have one golf shirt. And I'll just say to you, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. But we're not Chinese, right? Do you have to be Chinese? No, to? you don't. All right. Uh, today is also National Beer Can Day. How does that... What, what, what happens there? I don't even know. How could that be a day? But it is National Beer Can Day, National Peanut Butter Day, mm. National Compliment Day. Oh, Mark, yeah. your cool stories was magnificent. <laughs> All right, I love this one. This is one of my favorites because I gotta, I've got to get a few of these out because uh, we're about done here. Uh, check this. A British man who'd worked up a hunger for fake meat ended up sick to his stomach after cooking what he thought was meat. Callum O'Dunn shared a photograph to his 4,000 Instagram followers saying that he had stuck his dildo. Actually, it's a fleshlight. Oh. It's a masturbation device, mm -hmm. and he put it 
in the freezer. Why? Because it disinfects the thing. And he said he had done that many, many times. His father Uh thought that it was vegetarian meat and cooked it. Poor daddy. And his mother reaches out. What's wrong with your vegetarian meat? It it it's just it's just too good. Thousands of likes on that thing. Uh, according to a new study, college students attending school where marijuana is legal are binge drinking a lot less. Yeah, and they're smoking. The weed. Yeah. Good on them. Okay, check it out. Scientists are now using stem cells from African clawed frogs to build robots that they're able to program. These things, which scientists are calling xenobots, are supposedly the world's first living, self-healing robots that are made from living cells. They're being described as entirely new life forms, neither a traditional robot nor a known species of animal, a living programmable organism that can walk and swim, Mm. survive for weeks with no food and works together in groups. And they said, quote, don't worry, there's nothing to be afraid of here. Well, I mean, that's what they also said in Jurassic Park. This is Terminator stuff. Yeah. They've got, I mean, I know about robots. These are living. And the whole thing of Terminator, when you open up a robot and you give it the ability to think, I don't like it. No, that's scary. Jesus Christ. All right, let me get this out because I brought it up. According to his old girlfriend, Britt Eklund, Rod Stewart used to wear women's underwear. She tells Britain's Event Magazine, He did used to like my underwear, though. He would wear those baggy satin trousers and needed a little satin pants. Rod would wear my knickers and he liked them. The one-time Bond girl also paints Rod as a cheapskate. Quote, I had to pay a hundred a month room and board when I was living with him. Shopping trips weren't fun either. I would go shopping with him and watch him buy clothes from St. Laurent, but nothing for me. Britt isn't the only person to call Rod out for being cheap. One time, Faces bandmate Ronnie Wood called him tight as two coats of paint. (laughs) And also, I think Britt Eklund, I think they are big, big buddies, and I think she was kind of joking. She said she had to pay room and board. She did. So I think most of that is joking, but I do believe he wore her underwear. Oh, yeah, I do too. All right, let's see. Uh, Okay, I'll just answer this. Because it fit better under his tight pants. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. What is something that you're addicted to? Uh, Well, I like my coffee, and I like my soap. And boy, you've combined those two. I have, but you know, with this stupid trial going on, I haven't been able to watch my soap. And I know. I can get it on that CBS All Access or whatever it is. It's just that I just can't keep paying for these streaming services. Um, 
So, well, the reason I mark this is because uh, addictions, and I guess this is one, uh, they're crazy. So, as you know, we had to put red down. And I grieved and cried and, and went through the whole thing. And then I went through that fuck it stage. And so what I did was is I would, after lunch, come home. And while watching The Wild Wild West oh, Jesus, on you TV, are so old. I would open up a bag of almond m&ms and eat them like fuck it just fuck it i'm gonna eat these and i did this every day so then obviously once the first of the year came around i stopped i put them down every day and and that became an addiction so now that i've put them down every day every day that we come home from lunch or after lunch um i jones Jones bad for them. Because you got in the habit of doing it. I did. It became an addiction, habit. If I see Wild Wild West, I need those M&Ms. And it's so funny. When I see it on TV, I think of you eating those nasty almond M&Ms. Nasty? They were horrible. I I tried one. Then don't eat them. I didn't. I loved them. They're awesome. I'd like some now. But I feel like the peanut M&Ms are much better than the almonds. Well, the key to it is that you can start an addiction or a habit or call it whatever you want so easily. Smoking, hardest thing anybody ever stopped doing. It's because it was an addiction, a habit. It was both. So, and I'm still fighting with that M&M thing. I I mean, you know, I could eat through a fucking tree because I want to get to them almond Emma motherfucking M's. But I won't because I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm dedicated. This is what you tell yourself every afternoon. You can do this. <laughs> you don't need those fucking M&Ms, boy. Well, I do have to say that I think you've already lost weight from not doing it. You do? Yeah. Wow. Well, at the amount that I was eating. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a lot. <sighs> uh, last I heard from the chicken department... There were quite a few chicken birthdays yeah, we today. Yeah, ha- we have a shit ton today. All right. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this email during this music, and then I'll just read all of... Th- I'm going to read all of this during... When you pause the chicken. Okay. Uh, oh, ooh. Mark. Mark. <laughs> So June wrote an email. This is a nice email. Hi, Mark and Linda. Love the show. I have a birthday request for LAPD Detective Tim, who is turning 56 on 12420. That is today. He is also retiring from the LAPD next month after almost 34 years on the job. He was a big M&B fan and an avid listener of your show. And I just want to say, Tim... Happy birthday and congratulations and thank you for your service. Oh, God. Uh, I see my phone's going off. I feel like it's a Lenny. Let's see. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's all Lenny just said. Oh, my God. Your mic. Mm, All right. So I'll be doing the rest of the show, people. Yeah. Uh, All right. So. 
let's play the uh, birthday chicken music. Okay. Okay, that's annoying. I know. Okay, on 116, Sandy Lamar turned 68. On 119, Luann turned 61. On 122, Jave G turned 33. And if it's not Jave, maybe it's Jave. Uh, on 122, Scott Ferris turned 43. On 123, Todd Dillard turned 53. Anne Klein from Costa Mesa turned 60. And today, on 124... Karen Gavant turned 58. Beverly Neely's turning 58. Detective Tim's turning 56. Craig is turning 57. On 125, David McMasters is 59. 126, John Frasher is 61. And Craig Chasen is 70. Somebody older than you, babe. Nah. <laughs> On 127, Sandy is turning 67. And her husband, Mark, turned 67 on 1-8. Ryan's turning 46. Bruce from Corona's turning 56. And on 128, Matt is turning 47. Woo! Bok, 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 bok. Happy birthday, you guys. Don't even try to talk. <laughs> so, so, everybody go. Have a great weekend. I hope your weather is better than ours. And what are we going to do with no football this weekend? That's nice. Silence. almost made it through the show. If we hadn't have done the clapping, you would have gotten through it. Is it back on yet? <laughs> Bye, y'all.